Welcome to Real Relationship Goals, a podcast all about the realities of healthy relationships. Real Relationship Goals is a project of the Advocacy Center for Crime Victims and Children in Waco, Texas. If you or someone you know has experienced sexual violence or harassment and is seeking support, services, or needs more information, links to resources and our hotline number can be found in the description. The views expressed in this podcast are those of the hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect those of their organizations or affiliates. Welcome back to Real Asianship Goals. You are listening to episode seven of season two. We're so glad you've made it this far and we'll hope, we hope you'll continue listening um, to the rest of the season. Uh, today, um, the question for our hosts is what is your favorite type of puzzle like crossword, word search, Sudoku, actual jigsaw puzzle, that sort of thing. And so my name is Allie and I am the prevention and education director at the advocacy center. And I love really all types of these puzzles I've just said, but I think my favorite is the crossword puzzle. I love doing crossword word puzzles and every day I do the New York Times mini crossword and then take a screenshot of it and send my time to one of my friends and she sends her time back and so that's my favorite one. Me too. My name is Blythe. <laughs> I'm a Russian educator. My pronouns are she, her, and I love crossword puzzles and I'm just going to second do the New York Times mini crossword produced by Joel Fagliano incredible on Saturdays it's a seven by seven so it's a little spicy and it just mixes it up crosswords are so fun and I love them thank you wow you know <laughs> when I wrote this question I knew that y'all were crossword aficionados but now the people are really hearing it now they know <laughs> like if you want an insight into who Allie and Blythe are as people you get them a crossword you know <laughs> My name is Katie and I'm your final host, prevention educator, she, her pronouns, a fun person all around. <laughs> and I think my favorite type of puzzle, oh, it's kind of hard. I don't know if this counts as a puzzle, but I just thought of it. I love solitaire. I think it's sort of a puzzle because you're trying to figure out, you know, how to get to the end with like all the cards afterwards. And so it feels like a puzzle because you're like, all right, like what's going to work, what's not going to work. And it, I feel like I'm exercising my brain a little bit, which is fun. So yeah, I think it's a, it's a fun brain exercise. It Ooh. counts. I just Googled the definition of puzzle. It's a game toy or problem designed to test ingenuity or knowledge. So it, that solitaire is a puzzle. Okay, okay, we'll allow it. <laughs> Wait, I was about to not be allowed and told no, wrong. You I'm can't have kidding. it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> this week in relationships, we're talking about a breakup scene in the HBO show Euphoria. So spoilers ahead about Kat and Ethan. Kat sets up this urgent or important date with Ethan, and at first acts like everything is very normal. When Ethan asks more, like, hey, you asked me to cancel a rehearsal for this, like, what's going on? Kat starts to lie and say that she has a terminal brain disorder, you know, which has made her evaluate her relationship with Ethan and conclude that they should end things. Ethan is shocked and tries to ask more, but then Kat accuses him of disbelieving her and calling her a liar. 
Basically, she tries to make him out to be this terrible person when in reality, she's the one who wasn't honest about wanting to break up with him in the first place, which is all Ethan wanted. So when we think about healthy relationships and even healthy breakups, honesty has to be at the core. It's okay if a relationship isn't working out and you want to break up with someone, but we owe them the dignity of being honest with them, not making up some story to make ourselves feel better and then accusing them of being the bad guy. Okay, story time. And you will recognize this one if you've ever seen the movie Tangled. So once upon a time, there was a very special flower that had healing and like youthful properties. So there's this woman named Mother Gothel who would go to this flower and ended up just living for, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years because of this flower that had this youthful aging magical properties and such. But while the time that she was living, there was also a queen who got really, really sick. Um, and then the people somehow used this flower to make the queen better. And then the queen had a daughter. And then the daughter had like the magical properties transferred to her like magical hair. Her name was Rapunzel. And so Mother Godstall, naturally, right, is extremely upset that her, you know, the thing that has really sustained her over many, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years is this flower she no longer has access to until she learns that Rapunzel's hair is magical. So at first she tries to just like cut off pieces of her hair, but then she learns that like, well, if you cut off her hair, then it dies and no longer has magical properties. But then she kidnaps Rapunzel and literally keeps her locked up in a very long tower, right? And so then we get the story of Rapunzel and her super long hair. But I think it's important to say that Mother Gothel more than just like physically isolates Rapunzel, like she always tells Rapunzel that the outside world is dangerous, that Rapunzel is too young and weak to handle it. And so therefore Mother Gothel really emphasizes that like, I'm here to protect you. The outside world is dangerous. This is for your own good and your safety. And so she, she being Mother Gothel has isolated Rapunzel from all other humans, right? In order to control her and to use her hair to keep her her being Mother Gothel, like young and youthful and alive, really, because she's ancient. Watch the movie Tangled if you want to know the rest of it, but that'll be our story for today. Thank you, Blythe, for your very quick rendition of of the famous movie Tangled. Maybe we should also just do movie uh moving synopsis as a part-time uh <laughs> side <laughs> um so today's topic if you have not already guessed is isolation and again just as a reminder we will be covering this topic this week and in our next episode we will cover its healthy counterpart so you're gonna want to stick around for the next episode because you're gonna want a healthy relationship Isolation is when someone keeps you away from your family, friends, support network, and which could be, you know, your faith community, your therapist, etc., or any other people. So Allie Blythe, what do we need to know about isolation? Yeah, unhealthy isolation looks like spending much or all of your free time with one person, a friend or a partner, and maybe also talking with them all of the time, like via text or Snapchat or FaceTime when you're not physically with them. You still have connections and relationships with the other people, but you see them a lot less. You talk with them a lot less. And 
when I'm kind of explaining this to my students, sometimes I'll say, we all know the couple who starts dating and then immediately it is like the blinders, like a, mm-hmm. or like a, hor- a carriage horse would use to keep their peripheral vision closed off so they don't see what's going on around them, that those go up and they can only see that other person. And as we're talking about unhealthy isolation, I want to make sure that we acknowledge that like at the beginning of a lot of friendships, a lot of romantic relationships at any age, there is a period of time, sort of a season where it's just like, but I just want to spend all my time with this person, right? Because you're, you're falling in like, or in love or whatever that looks like. And that's totally normal. That's, that's just a part of the relationship, right? What we're talking about is a, is a little bit different. And so we're going to kind of tease that out a little bit. Yeah. I'm glad you said that Allie, because I think those feelings of, you know, I I just want to spend my time with this person and get to know them more are totally natural feelings. Mm -hmm. But when it gets to that isolation aspect, it can turn very unhealthy, very fast because soon it's really easy to say, I don't need to spend time with like my family, you know, Mm -hmm. because I already know my family. Mm-hmm. I, I want to know this new person, you know, and, and this can happen in friendships too. You might meet a friend who is like, loves all the same things you do and you want to spend all your time with them. Um, but it can turn really toxic really fast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, isolation changes from sort of, it can change, like Katie was say, saying really fast from unhealthy to abusive or toxic when it sort of changes from kind of a choice that feels like maybe you're both making to when uh, your friend or your partner or someone demands that from you, like demands that you just spend time with only them or that you don't talk to your friends or your family members or those support networks like Katie was talking about before. Mm -hmm. And I think yeah, if there's like an ex, uh, I was thinking a lot about the word expectation. Like if there starts to be an expectation that you um, spend most of your free time with only this one person, be they a partner, a friend, a coworker, whatnot, then that's, I think, really where we start to get into some of that unhealthy territory. And uh, I was also thinking about for any of the youths, <laughs> for any young people listening, right? Some like a form of isolation in friendships or in relationships can look like a friend saying that like, you can only eat lunch with me. Like you can't eat lunch with them or at the park or at recess. Like, I only want you to play with me. Like you can't play with other people. Um, and if you play with other people, then I'm going to get really mad at you. And then we're not going to be friends anymore. Yeah. And it, and it's easily manipulative. Right. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it feels like this, you're kind of backed into a corner really. And one of the things that can happen that I don't think we think of right off the bat is that that person might begin to have you start questioning the relationships you already have of, Mm -hmm. you know, are you sure that like your parents really care about you? Like, I, I think I care about you more than, than they care about you. Like, oh, like, I don't like you hanging out with this person because they're really negative. And I think that that impacts your behavior and it's just not, it's not fun. It's, there's a lot of control and power surrounding isolation. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. I was just thinking about how much of isolation is and or can be and is centered in control and power. Anytime someone is telling you or you're telling someone else what is good for them, 
or how they should spend their time in a way that isn't sort of this constructive um, mm-hmm. criticism or constructive conversation that we've talked about in previous episodes. That is that is a, an abuse of power or that is using power in a way that is not designed to happen in relationships and control. And even if it gets I think it can become manipulation as well, because you become, when you become isolated from your support networks, friends, families, all of those things, then you become entirely dependent on that one person. You become dependent on Mm -hmm. them for your social needs, for if it's like a a relationship where you're living together for your maybe financial needs or physical needs, you know, all, all of those things that can all get wrapped up in one person. And just like as humans, we're not designed to, to move through the world in that way. We need other people and we need support systems and your partner. So if we're talking about a romantic relationship, your partner isn't everything you need. You know what I mean? Like you need a variety of things and one person just like can't be all of those things. And it's just not, it's just not how we are. It's just not physically possible or emotionally possible or or any of those things. Right. And so, yeah, I just wanted to, to mention that a, a bit that when you become isolated, it makes you entirely dependent or can I think it's to a certain point entirely dependent on, on one person. And that is, is not uh, a healthy place to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're not built to just interact with one person. Mm -hmm. We are built for communities. And honestly, those communities are sometimes the things that help us recognize that something might be off, but there might be red flags in our relationships. Mm -hmm. So it's important to have that community who is willing to say, Hey, I'm kind of noticing this in your relationship. And I, you know, I don't want to assume anything, but I just want to make you aware of it because it it seems to be leaning this way and we need those people in our lives. And it's not, those aren't fun conversations to have, but they can definitely help us in the long run and and make a huge difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, with that, I think we can go ahead and move into our relationship goal for this week. So your relationship goal for this week is to set expectations with friends, partners, uh, family members about how much time you spend together and how much you prefer to communicate with them when you're not together. This is a good way to practice uh, setting boundaries and seeing the ways that those can be really healthy for you and for the people that you're in relationship with. And Katie has our recommendation for this week. Yes. My recommendation this week is a book that I read last year (laughs) and it is called Beyond the Binary and it is by Alok, A-L-O-K is how you spell their name. And it's all about the gender binary that is out there. And it's, it's really short read. It's really small. It could fit in your pocket. And even though it's small, it's packed with information and it really helps us to start thinking, you know, about we might identify and what it means to claim those identities and make sure that we are in safe relationships too. So would definitely recommend. Great. Thank you, Katie, for that. Thank you all for tuning in this week. We hope that you'll come back next week to hear about the sort of healthy counterpart to isolation and what that can look like. In the meantime, uh, rate, review, subscribe, share this with your your friends, your family, whoever uh, you think might be interested. And remember 
to keep us number one in your hearts by making us number one on the charts. See y'all next time. Thanks so much for tuning in to Real Relationship Goals. This episode was produced by the Prevention and Education Department of the Advocacy Center for Crime Victims and Children in Waco, Texas. You can follow us on Instagram at accvc underscore prevention. See you next time.